Welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me, as always... Is a not-sick Jondi. Is not-sick Jondi, and this <laughs> week we're talking about chicken coop games. That's what I wrote. It is what you wrote, but I think you mean co-op games. I do mean co-op games. You're correct. <laughs> you are correct. Um, your mic is kind of hot, but we're, again, once again, using the mobile... The mobile studio. The mobile studio, because as we're Jared's calling it. moving into a new Hold house. On. So. You, you keep talking. I'm going to turn down your mic. Oh, okay. Because I'm I'm super hot. Because I am super hot. Yeah, baby. Uh, that's not what I said. What I said was that your mic is super hot. Well, I think it's because I'm super hot. Okay. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever you say, Lloyd. Okay. Well, today we're talking about chicken coop games, or actually, we're talking about cooperative games because somehow we never. We never did that. Why is my mic too quiet now? Whatever, I'll fix it later. All right, so let's, I guess let's talk about this. Now, some of these games we've talked about before, uh, but that's never stopped us before. Won't stop us again in the future from talking about stuff more than once, right? Yeah. Uh, Stuff and things. uh Uh-huh. And stuff. Well... I think you said stuff like five times in that sentence, which is why I said it again. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about Castle Panic. Yeah, we Castle talked about Panic. that recently when I talked about Star Trek. We Panic. did. We did. So let's not, but, you know, let's just kind of gloss over it. Let's not spend too much time on it. But um, yes, John D, we talk about Castle Panic. I'm going to fix your mic. Some no, more. you I made a mess of talking about it when I was sick and talking about Star Trek Panic. Well, so. We, we just got to just, you know, very briefly talk about it because we just talked about it. So I'm going to turn down your mic while you do that. You just turned down my mic when I was talking about being super hot. But, um, yeah, so Castle Panic is, I mean, it's a tower defense game and you are. It's because I don't have any headphones. I can't tell what I'm doing. Right, right, right. So I feel like we just talked about Castle Panic recently. Yes. Um, and when I was talking about Star Trek Panic when I was dying. Well, you weren't, you weren't dying. Well, I felt like I was dying and I had surgery like the next day. Um, well, you, yeah, but you weren't dying. You were just felt like very badly burned, but you got better. Felt very badly burned. Yes. Right. Okay. But yeah, I got better. I'm all better now. So what so. is Castle Panic, Jondi? Well, it's a tower defense game. And when you're literally defending a tower, well, I mean a castle, but you know, whatever. From Same thing. Castle, yeah, tower, whatever. Castle, tower. Yeah. Potato, so, banana. Potato, banana. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever. Right. Same thing. So yeah, you're defending the, I mean, there's like a little castle in the middle of the board that's super cool. Um, no, I don't have Castle Panic. Don't look around. No, you have you have Star, Star Trek, Trek Panic. Panic. I think that's all you have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're defending it from fantasy monsters. So fans of sea monsters. Fans of sea monsters. Yes. Fantasy <laughs> monsters. <laughs> and they new ones come out around the board and you they, they they get closer and closer and they knock down the castle and the game's super hard. And a lot of times you don't win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's very important that you work together because I may have a card that says like, oh, I can kill a monster over here, but it won't be here until your turn. So we can trade a card. Let's trade this card. So on your turn, you can kill that monster. Right. So you don't hide your cards in this one. You, you have them yes, like they're, face they're up public. in front of you. And um it's really annoying to play this game with... Are you talking about Brick and Morty? <laughs> yes. Yes, so there's a Brick card and a Mortar card. So when monsters suicide themselves onto walls to damage them, you know, they, they tear down the walls and they get in the castle and that's real bad. So there's cards that let you rebuild the walls. Brick. and But brick you have to have a Brick mortar. card and a Mortar card yeah. in order to do them. And my husband and Jared constantly do rick and morty impressions no no, it's brick and morty oh brick and morty they do brick and morty imp- yeah, they, yeah. but they do rick and morty impressions t- whenever they have the brick and mortar cards and i'm not she a super fan it. i don't like she rick and morty anyway so, so they do it especially a lot just to get on my nerves and of course because i react to it they do it more so i really need to stop reacting to it yes. which won't work now because they know i'm purposely not reacting to right. it so. right uh but yeah it, it's it's a co-op game, although it does say, like, keep track of your monsters and whoever has the most monster points is king of the castle. Which they also know I will forget to do. Yeah. So I will never win the game because I will forget to keep track of my monsters, even if I killed the most monsters. Yep, yep, yep. I fly. So. 
Well, yeah, uh, I really like Castle Panic. It's um, a great game. It's it's a hard game. Jondi has Star Trek Panic because she's into Star Trek, but which we've already established. Basically the same. I mean, there's a little bit there's of difference. There's missions but. in Star Trek Panic, um, which make it a little bit more difficult, and it's already a difficult game. So, um, but it's still at at its very base, it's the same game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think most people that listen to this podcast probably are aware. Uh, that one of my favorite games is Pandemic. It is a cooperative game where you are a, uh, a employee. I don't know. You, you work at the CDC and there are in the base game four diseases that you have to find the cure for before humanity is too far gone. Uh, the uh, expansion, one of the the first expansion adds it adds a fifth disease that works a little bit differently. But mostly you're just moving around the board, picking up cards that you can trade in to find the cure for diseases there's multiple roles they all work a little bit differently they break the rules in different ways like maybe instead of four actions your character gets five actions or instead of having to collect you know so many of a thing to find the cure you you can collect one less or when you treat the disease in this in the in the specific city that you're in you can treat all of the diseases instead of just one disease uh, it is a very difficult game. If you play it a lot, you'll get good at it. But I've also noticed that it's one of the games that people play wrong, correctly, wrong, correctly, wrong, not correctly <laughs> when they're first starting playing designer style board games. If they, wrong, if they get not into correctly, yes, um, those both mean the same thing. They do. You're correct. Uh, it, it's. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe pandemic other than just trying to eradicate diseases from the planet. Well, I was I was talking more about the feel of it, trying not to freak out when you realize you only have three turns left and you need seven moves, but you can only figure out how to get six. So you yell at everybody to shut up while you do the math. Well, which is what I'm guilty of. Jared's an alpha gamer when it comes to pandemic. Not for very many games, but for Pandemic. Yeah, so absolutely. Jared Jared will bark orders from almost it's the very I've beginning. It's because I've played it so many times, yeah. and I, I just know, like, hey, the thing that you want to do won't help us, because I've done that yeah. 20 so times. Jared tries really hard to not do that. Like, from the very beginning, though, he will be like, you should do this, and then you should do this, and then you should do this, <laughs> and then he'll get back around. And so it's really hard to play the game with Jared, because... You know, you have you're trying to play the game, but really Jared's just playing the game for everybody. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I have gotten a lot better about doing that. He has. I've gotten a lot better about that. He has. But, but he yeah, really you're not wrong. He really wants to play the game for everybody. Well, you know, it's one of my favorite games and it I, it's just it's a very like, difficult Jared game. Jared wants to solo game the game with it's everyone. It's not quite that bad. I feel like you're exaggerating. I am. I am. Yeah. One of the expansions for Pandemic is I think they're all in print now. Uh, as of a few days ago. So if you've been putting off picking up expansions to pandemic, you can go ahead and get those now uh, at your local retailer or online retailer. It's definitely one of my favorite games. I definitely recommend it. You know what else is one of my favorite games? Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Fire Rescue. It is also a really fun game. Jared likes games with like police or medical type themes and it's yeah which it's, is weird because i hate cops you, <laughs> no, that's no not, you don't that's not true <laughs> you don't but you do you it's kind of a common theme with you i think it's because there aren't very many games that have that kind of theme and but most of them are good. really good yeah versus like how many zombie games how many like space 6, games of them so the percentage of games with those kind of themes that are good. Like healthy heart hospital is a great game. I haven't played it, but which I is have not heard on our that. list because yeah. you don't know anything about it. Is it a cooperative? Game? It is cooperative. Cool. Yes. Well, we'll have to play it sometime. Yes. Yes. But it's just, those games are very well designed and they have right at the time, very unique themes. I mean, there are more hospital games coming out nowadays, not right. as many firemen games. I mean, there's a couple of firemen games, but most of them are very good. So I don't think it's that weird that I like this theme. No, I mean, I will say like the very first time that I think it was when you brought 
Um, maybe it was Flashpoint. No, Police Precinct is the one that you were I like, was just really? Like, really? You want to play this dumb police game? And I was like, yes. Well, I don't think I called it dumb. I was just really surprised that you brought like this police game. And I was just because, you know, the graphics look like almost. I mean, they're not. They almost look realistic. I mean, we're going to talk about that game next anyway, because I want to keep yes. talking about Flashpoint. But I mean, it was just. Yes, yeah, so let's finish Flashpoint. Yeah. before we, uh, So Flashpoint, you play as firemen and you have to rescue survivors from a burning structure fire before the building collapses or too many people die. It's very frantic. It, it, it's very pandemic like. It is. It is. So what's really funny is there's a guy that we know from around here and um, he's been posting on his Instagram recently that he started playing Flashpoint with his daughter and he and he played the easy version first and he was like, no, this the game, family version. Yeah, yeah don't. He's like, this game's way too easy. Don't, if you are a gamer, don't waste your time with the family game variant. Yeah, he was like, this game's way too easy. So then he played the basic version and then he's like, OK, this game's still like way too easy. He was no, like, you got to play it on like advanced with like gamer level. Well, so then so then he played just the advanced version, but he doesn't have any expansions. Mm. And then he oh, yeah, said, yeah. OK, we still beat it way too easily. And so I messaged I I I, answered, I responded in a comment again. And I was like, get an expansion because I feel like you guys are beating this way too easily because I've played it with Jared several times. And there have been several times that the house collapsed yeah. on us. I was like, you I'm like, you're either doing something wrong <laughs> or like he said, he thinks the calf's guy is overpowered. And he I may was also like, be playing wrong. I was like, I think maybe you're playing something wrong. He could or, be playing wrong. Um, he's because he says his daughter loves it. He has a six year old that's playing it with him, but she plays. She's been playing games since she was like, you know, forever. He's a he's a, a game designer. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good game. It's it's definitely in my top five. Cat uh, really likes it a whole lot. We have every expansion for it. We have it's a great all of game. it. It is really. I've done game. every single Kickstarter that they've had for all the expansions, so I have everything that's available, and it's yeah. definitely worth picking up. It is a great game. I want to play the version that you have that's on the ship. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's really hard. Yeah, I know it's. So there's different. Play. There's different maps. Like there's the, the base game comes with it's a double sided map. One side's just like a, a house, and the other side's a beach house. It's a slightly different layout. But some of the expansions. Um, there's an office building, there's a submarine, there's an airplane, there's uh gosh, what else? There's a, uh, like a high rise. I mean, there's a bunch of different ones and some of them are very difficult. They all have unique rules. Like all the different maps have unique rules and they're, they can be very tough. Yeah. I want to play the, well, this, either the submarine or the ship. I really want to play that. Yeah. Um, I also like some of the promos you have, like you've got the Star Trek red shirt mm -hmm. that you can rescue and you've got the cat and I think you have a fish. Yeah, there's a fish in a fishbowl. I'm not sure what of that is available at retail. Right. But they're fun. I mean, you might be able to find them on BGG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, my favorite, I didn't even know you had the red shirt. And then one time I like flipped over mm -hmm. the point, the the POI, what are they? PO, POI. POI. And I was like, oh, my God, it's a red shirt. I just rescued a red shirt. Nope. Leave him to die. Uh, yeah, you're I thought it was. You're that supposed was to leave funny. them to die. So yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the game. I think it's yeah, I think it's a, a great lot game. Of fun. Uh, and I you also, have the new expansion with yes, the cards. Yes, I do. Yes, that made it made it a lot more difficult. Yeah, it replaces one of the mechanics of the game. So normally in the game, to see if the fire spreads, you roll some dice and you see what happens. But this one, instead of rolling, it it's a deck of cards, and I think it's a lot harder. I think it's a lot harder. Hi, flower. Sitting on the crokinole board. I know. Flower, I wonder... Why don't you get off the crokinole board? Yeah, you probably shouldn't be on there. Well, let's talk about Police Precinct, even though we kind of already started to. Yeah, so Police Precinct is another one of those games that has that type of theme on it. And so it's one I really like the... I like the little donuts. What are they? Yeah. The, the money. Yeah, it's rewards the for rewards, things. And yeah. You can use them as currency, sort of. You use them to buy upgrades or to get an extra yeah. on your on your dice. I mean, I know it's a silly thing that they go straight to, but I like the donuts yeah. because it's fun. I mean, it's just funny that, you know, it's police and the, the rewards are donuts. Yes, yes. Uh, I like that. 
The game is stupid hard. You you were so opposed to it. Like the whole time I was setting up, you were like, "This, what is this stupid thing? What is this?" I, I wouldn't. And then you played it, and you realized that I'm a genius, and it's the greatest game about policemans that's ever been made. About policemans. No, it's a really good game, though. It's a really good game. It is. It's stupid hard. And for um, a long time, it was like twenty dollars on Amazon. I think of all the times we've played it, I think, have we ever beaten it? I don't know if I've beaten it with, with you. Me. I know I have beaten it. I mean, it's stupid hard. So so what happens is uh, you're in a city. Some you, metropolis You're, you're a police of officer sort, yeah. of some fantasy city. And there's been a murder. You have to solve the murder. You have to find a bunch of evidence. But also regular crime keeps happening. Like a person might be robbing the bank and you're like, okay, well, I can't focus on the murder investigation right now. I got to go stop this bank robbery. But it's not even just crime. There's also like car accidents yeah. and, and just regular, it's a, it's a gas a city. leak. Yeah. Gas leaks. And you know, the mayor's mad at you or, you know, just stupid like city stuff. So you're trying to solve this crime There's before gangs. a criminal gets away. Yeah. It, you only have so many turns to figure out who done it, uh, before everything falls apart. Now, one thing that I don't like about it is, and this is coming in an upcoming expansion at some point, they're doing a... a or so a, they say. The, well, you know, it's one guy. It's one guy that makes this game. It's not like it's a whole team of... Yeah. Um, so he has said there's an expansion Yes. Coming. It's going to be like a season two is what he was going to call it. Right. Police Precinct season two. Um, but, but in the game right now, all the evidence is always the same. You know, it's the same murder weapon. It's in the same place. Allegedly, at some point in the future, there's going to be different... Like, like in the game setup right now, it's like, okay, the crime scene is at this apartment. The weapon is in this dumpster. You got to go talk to the people that live in the apartment complex, see what they know. You got to collect the weapon. You got to find it in the dumpster, whatever. You got to oh go God, to the crime scene. Oh my God, if it moves around, the game would be even stupider. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean, I already have, already can't beat the game. I'm looking forward to it. Oh my God, it'll be so I'm hard. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just, I mean, I love the game. I yes, absolutely really love fun. the game, but I just once I want to beat it. Well, we'll keep playing it. We'll, we'll get there. I don't remember yeah. if it's on my 10 by 10 this year, but I think it is. It was on my 10 by 10 last year. I think I got like five plays in. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to try again. Have you played Hanabi? No, it's the one where you pulled the cards, hold the cards away from yes. you, right? Yes. So you are trying to put on a firework show. Right. Uh, Hanabi yeah. is Japanese for firework. Well, that um, makes sense. <laughs> so you hold the cards so that you can't see them, but everyone else playing can. And you have to give clues like, OK, these two cards are green. Or these two cards are fours. Well, that's not super useful. So you have to memorize like, OK, I was told this card was green. I was told this card was a four. So I know I've got a green and a four. I know this isn't a four because if it was a four, it would have been these are these three cards are fours. Okay, so I've got a green. It's not a four. I can see. Let's see. Okay. The goal of the game is to, in sequence, put one, two, three, four, five of every color, which is incredibly difficult because you can't communicate. You can only say very vague and extremely specific things. Okay, you've got three reds. Great. What do I do with that information? Well, who knows? But if I didn't tell you any specific information about this card that you're about to discard, maybe you don't need to know any specific information about that card that you're about to discard. You can only give so many clues. And every time you successfully play a card or discard a card that you know what it is, you can get card. Uh, you can flip the clue tokens back over. And it's um, it, it is difficult to win. You can score up to a maximum of 25 points. And the most I've ever done is 23 points. Okay. Yeah. So you've done well. I've done all Ish. right. Yeah. 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 This next one we I put on the list just for you. I love Mysterium. I think it's a really fun game. It's not. I mean, I guess it is. It is. Um, I guess everybody is working together. Yeah. So it's fully co-op. It's just that one of the characters has a different. A different role. Yeah. So Mysterium. It's not like turtles or uh, mice and mystics where one person's not technically one of the players. Yeah. So Mysterium, I think is like, hi kitty. Um, so in Mysterium are trying to solve 
it's kind of Clue, only better. Sort of. I mean, okay, you're trying to solve the same thing that you would be solving in so Clue. So people, people like to describe it as Dixit meets Clue, but it's not really, that's no. not really fair to Mysterium. Okay, so the idea is there's a ghost. The ghost was murdered. So you're trying to solve a, a murder. The... But in the, in the murder, you want to figure out in what room the murder took place, who the murderer is, and what weapon was used. See, in the original Polish version, it's you're interpreting dreams. You have a psychic that's interpreting dreams. Okay. So well, instead of instead of like, oh, this person died and this ghost is communicating to us. I don't know. They're the same game, but. Mechanically, they're the same, but like story wise, they're different. Yeah, in this one, you're all psychics, and except for except for the player that's the ghost. Yes, because they're dead. Yeah, the ghost is trying to communicate to the players, but the idea of the story is the ghost doesn't know for sure either. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And honestly, as much as I like the game, it really falls apart in the final round. Yeah, I feel like that's where it kind of comes together. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So really, okay, each of the players are given different clues by the ghost um, in, in the form of pictures. Yes. And if you've ever played Dixit, think exactly those kind of cards they're kind of abstract they're pictures of things like like what is why am i looking at a bathroom mirror what does this have to do with being and there are pictures out and so you look at the picture the ghost or the 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 ghost player gave you and you have to try to figure out what the heck does this mean what What are you trying to tell me when you're looking at the pictures out on the board and and you're trying to guess well what is that player associating with these pictures right right so what are you, you trying to tell me by giving me a picture of a bathroom? Yeah. So you're so if you guess correctly, then you move on from from that from from the I, I think it's weapons for no weapons are last. I don't remember. How you it know, goes. For, you're guessing for weapons room and and um whatever it is the, yeah. the three different things and you have eight <laughs> rounds to to get to it and then. If everybody gets once everybody figures it out, then everybody's trying to guess. Then the you actual, just kind of randomly guess. Then, well, then everybody that you put this is, this is where it falls apart for me because it's yeah, like okay, so then, well, I figured all this other stuff out, but that didn't help me because now I have to do something unrelated. Well, so no, it is related. So then you take all the 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 people, the weapons, and the rooms that each of the players guessed correctly and you put them out together and then randomly pick one. <laughs> no, I, I, well, I believe the ghost randomly picks one and then, then there's one clue for everybody to figure out which is the correct one. I don't know. I just, I like the game. It's fun. But at the end of the game, I feel like it's kind of like, um, did you ever play Killer Bunnies where it doesn't matter what you've done in the game because one of the carrots at random will be the winning carrot? Like, theoretically, you have a greater chance of winning if you've collected more carrots. But let's say I've collected nine carrots, you collect one carrot, and the one carrot that you collected randomly is the winning carrot. Like, what was the point of playing the game? Well, you win together. I mean, it's it's completely cooperative. Right. It's, so. It is cooperative until the very last round where someone it, it's like Castle Panic, where it's it's technically cooperative. But at the end of the game, someone will have more points. Like, yes, you win as a group, but someone wins more. That's true. I don't know. That is true. But it's a fun game. I really enjoy it. Is it is a really cool game. I like the arts really cool. Um, I remember there was this one time that um, my husband was playing the ghost and I couldn't figure out like he I couldn't figure out what he was relating. It, it was on the room round and the clue he'd give me, I couldn't figure out what it was. And the thing that he was relating was death and wedding dress. OK, sure. because weddings and death, how they they took they go together because when you get married, of course, that means death. OK, sure. Yep. Well. Well, Thanks, for, husband. Forbidden Island. <laughs> have, you, have you played Forbidden Island I or Forbidden not. Desert? Okay. I have not. So this is the same designer uh, as Pandemic, Matt Leacock. 
And he's got another forbidden sky or something. There's a third one coming out in the series, but it's very similar to pandemic uh, in, in spirit, let's say. So in forbidden Island, you have crashed on an Island and the Island is sinking because of course it is. So you have to find parts to this airship to get away. And uh, the water is rising. You have to. It's called shore up is the action. You have to like dump the water off of parts of the. I don't know what mechanically you're doing, but you're flipping the tile over to be like, okay, it's not underwater currently. But it can get if it's underwater twice, then it goes away forever. It's just lost forever. So you have to go around the island, collect a few objects. There's like a no, I'm sorry, the airships forbidden desert. You have to collect four artifacts, like a chalice and a fire uh, to break the curse so the island doesn't sink. I don't know, but it's mechanically in spirit, very similar to Pandemic. It's the same designer. And Forbidden Desert has a similar idea, except there's a sandstorm that's dumping sand on the desert and... um, blocking the path you got to be able to get through etc etc um forbidden island's pretty cheap it's like 15 bucks 20 bucks or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think it's a really good introduction to cooperative games i used to recommend it all the time um it comes in a metal tin which i'm not super a fan of they get beat up really easily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean i like i like metal tins and even 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 when they don't get beat up easily, my biggest problem with metal tins is they don't fit onto shelves with boxes as easily. Yeah, that's true. They're because they're different. I mean, they do look nice and they're really cool for limited editions and stuff. But on a on a shelf with boxes, they don't fit as nicely. That's my biggest problem with them. But they are nice. They're cool. So, yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um I don't know. I just, if I had the option of getting it in a tin or just a regular box, I'd get it in a regular box. Just, it's easier to. I don't put mind on the shelf. small games in tins, well, like smaller games in tins, but bigger games in tins, I don't like. If that makes any sense. I'd say it's a medium game. Yeah. See, I wouldn't like like smaller games, like you know. Like smaller square size games. I don't mind in tins. Um, I think it's about the same size box as like. Maybe is that one right there? Oh, it's Meteor. Yeah, I'd say it's about the same size as Meteor, except it's in a tin. Yeah, see, I think that's too big for a tin size mm-hmm. game. Like, I don't mind like. Um, or even Dragoon. I think it's a very similar size to Dragoon. But metal. But yeah, anyway, whatever. We're not here to talk about. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do an episode about the pros and cons of, of boxes. Of boxes. <laughs> packaging, game packaging. That would be, yeah. that'd be an all right episode. Oh, I would just yell about inserts the whole time. Yeah. Fantasy Flight. Stop making the stupid valley inserts. They don't help me. I hate those. They don't help you. Anyway, okay. Anyway, moving on. I don't know if we even talked about forbidden island whatever who cares escape the curse of the temple a real-time dice rolling game yes that jondi he didn't totally hate hate. um i thought i would because i don't like real-time games Mm -hmm. um i don't hate all real-time games but generally i don't like them because they stress me out and again Every time we talk about them, we promise that when we do our research for our real time episode that we will be doing, we will do a lot of YouTube or Instagram or Facebook content for all of you. In the new house, I'm going to mount in the new game room. I'm going to put a camera mount permanently as part of the room so that we can stream games and you can see John D freak out and flip, try to flip the table. 
Well, I mean, I won't flip the table, but there will probably be a lot of me just being done. I'm done. I, yeah. I will get up <clears throat> and, and quit. <clears throat> Great. Um, so in Escape, Curse the Temple, it is a real-time dice rolling game where you are uh, like, you're essentially your Indiana Jones. Let's call it what it is. You're Indiana oh, Jones and you're trying totally. to get out of the temple after you've stolen the You the even got me to play this game twice. Yeah. In a row. It takes 10 minutes or less. Yeah. So you have to roll the dice to explore the temple. You have to roll different combinations of dice rolls to unlock certain traps. Uh, And some of them are more difficult. So some of them you can do on your own. But if you team up with someone, you can do them faster and at a higher level. You have to break enough of the curses to escape. And the way you do that is by disarming these traps. Well, if it takes, let's say, five uh, torches to break one. Okay. Yeah. You can probably do that yourself. You have five dice. It'd take you a little while, but if you got two people in there, it's going to take half the time. And actually look at this. If you've got two people, you can do seven and it does it two curse gems instead of just one curse gem. You get three people in there. Oh, you get 10, 10 of the same die roll. Look at that. You get f- five curse things and you need to get rid of those cursed things because the only way to escape the temple is find the exit and roll as many escape icons on the die as there are gems left. So it's going to behoove you to break those curses because you can't roll 21. <laughs> you can't roll 21 dice if you only have five. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is a, it's a real time game and John D doesn't hate it. I don't somehow, you know, what else is a real time escape game? The unlock series of games. They are escape room games. It is real time, but it's not like one of those like rush, rush, rush type. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it is it is timed, but it's not. Uh, what are you talking to curse the temple? Or are you talking unlock? Unlock. Oh, yeah. OK. Uh, but it's not. Time limit isn't as bad. I don't know. There's been a couple that I've played where we've technically lost because to the time limit and just said, well, well let's just keep playing anyway. I've only played. So th- there are escape rooms, but they're cards. Yeah. I've only played one of them with you. No. Yeah, I've only done. Yeah, the, I think you've just done the laboratory. The, yeah, one. I've only done the laboratory. The formula so is what it's called. Yeah, I've only done that one so far. Um, so we're not going to give away too many spoilers because it's like doing an escape room. If yeah. you know the solution, it ruins the it fun. It ruins the fun. So we won't spoil um, but it. There's nine or ten of them out now. Yeah. So and they keep pumping them out. There's an app that you have to use because you have to type in numbers uh, on the app like you would in an escape room. You got to decode certain things. Um, I really think you did a good, a good adaptation of physical escape rooms in a card game. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job with that. But it's I, I don't know how it couldn't be cooperative. I mean, you're going to need people to be looking at things like as a person that likes doing escape rooms. I would never try to do one by myself. I just know that's a bad idea and that I wouldn't be able to find all the solutions to all the puzzles. So you need more people and it's the same in the card games. You know, you got to have people that can. All right, I'm going to look at this one. I have good spatial recognition. Oh, I see. If you put these two cards together like this, look, it makes a pattern. All right, let's type that pattern into the app. And oh, look, we solved this puzzle. All right, let's go on to the next area. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really it doesn't stress me out super bad, especially if we're working together well. Um, we worked through it while we were going to the, while we were at the coffee shop that we like to go to. So, um, it was something we were able to do. And mm-hmm. I believe when we did it, we, we had enough fun that the same day we actually went to a real escape room. Yeah, we did. We did. We just randomly for some reason. We did. Yeah. And, um, we beat that one just under the wire. Um, so we like we barely escaped from that escape room. That There's day. been a few escape rooms where my group has set the record. There's one in St. Louis that we we were like half a second away from the record in it. Uh, it was no the one we did it. We just barely got out at all. Well, I'm just I'm just saying you know in general. Do you remember when we did our the actual escape room that we did? The guy was like, "Wait, how did you do that? You oh, weren't supposed yeah. to do that." Yeah, so every escape room that I've ever gone to, I've accidentally broken a lock. Not like (laughs) permanently broken it, but like, you know, how you, you know, lock picking, but I didn't have a pick. Uh, One we did in St. Louis, I noticed it was like an alien spaceship one. And we were like, hey, this 
This is a letter lock. It spells alien. Oh, it unlocked it. Oh, okay. Um, the one that we did here, I was just fiddling with the lock trying to be like, all right, well, let's see. It's a three digit lock. Um, okay. And I just pulled on it and it opened and the guy on the speaker was like, Hey, how, how'd you get that open? And I was like, I, I don't know. I just pulled it and it came unlocked. And he was like, uh, you're not supposed to open that yet. So I don't know if when they were resetting the room, they just didn't reset that lock or, well, I don't know what happened, but almost every escape room. I did one in Nashville and there was a, it was a magnetic thing that was hooked up to like an air piston. So when you solved this puzzle over here, it would like and open the thing. And I accidentally kicked it with my foot and oh, it fell no. off. I it was the, the one that you opened that lock wasn't ever supposed to open at all. Cause that was the one that was supposed to open by dropping balls into it. Oh no, it was just under that thing. It was just under that thing. It was just a chest under it. Yeah. We weren't supposed to open that at all. And you yeah. were like, Whoa, whoops. Well, I don't know. But anyway, the unlock series of games, we can't really talk about it without giving away spoilers. But it's, so it's fun. Um, and you have if to you've work never done an people. escape room before and have no idea what an escape room is, you're locked in somewhere, not actually locked in. You can leave and you have to figure out how to get out. Maybe there's a really fun Bob's Burgers episode about an escape. Room. There is. Yeah. There is. And Linda texts and like, these are the most boring people ever and accidentally <laughs> texts text them. The yes. And then they're stuck and in they're there because the guy yeah. falls asleep or something. It's I don't great. OK, well, anyway, <laughs> um, have you played Space Alert? I don't think you have. I can't remember. OK, so this is also like a it's timed. It's um, a programming game. So you have like 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something like that to program your movement. So as a group, no, I've not played you this. have to be like, all right, I'm going to go here and fix the reactor so that we have power so that someone can go to comms and fix that. And then after you've planned out all the movement, you say, OK, go and you do it all together. The problem is if you and I have both not paid attention and said, oh, there, that person's going to the reactor. Crap. And we all try to go to the reactor. Guess what happens? <laughs> Whoops. We lose because... The other things didn't get done. Yes, that's yes. correct. Because we didn't get to the reactor in time Whoops. to fix it. So there was no way to put up the shields. So when we got attacked by aliens, right. there was no one there to fire the weapons. Whoops. Because we bumped into each other in the hallway. Yep. So it is a very stressful game. But, I, I, oh as much God. as I love space games, I'm, I think maybe that one would stress me out. It's, it is great. It is yeah. great. Uh, I don't know that I can convince you to play that one. Um, you know, what's funny is had you not told me that story, I might have been like, cool space game. Let's play yeah, it. No, it's maybe maybe watch a video of someone else playing it and you can decide like, OK, maybe I do want to try that. Maybe it's not as bad as. As Jared just yeah. said. Um, but here's something that maybe or maybe won't encourage you or discourage you. It's set in the same in-game universe as Galaxy Trucker. So um, flip the table. <laughs> no. <laughs> or yeah. get it. I'm out. But I, I mean, there's not much more I can say about it. That's what you do in the game is you program your movement ahead of time and then you everybody does their movements. And if you screwed up, then. There are repercussions. I mean, as it is, you've already said you have to make me play Galaxy Truckers again, yep. and I don't want to. Yep. And we've promised you've promised everybody you're going to make a video of me playing this stupid yeah. game again. Yeah. It's such a fun game, Jondi. I'll is, play the app. Mm, the app is different. I know. We played that at TGI Fridays, and I was like, oh, this is fun. You know what else you'll never play? That I'll never play? Uh-huh. Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror. A cooperative game set in the HP Lovecraft world of Cthulhu. I mean, why wouldn't I play it? I mean, other than the fact that it just doesn't appeal to yeah, me. I mean, yeah. if if I was with all of my friends, all of my gamer friends, and they all said, I really want to play this. Eh. I like it quite a bit. It's very difficult. There's a guy online that's like redesigned it to streamline it to make it not as not as many things going on. Um, and I think you can get his version on tabletop simulator, but again, it's not the official game, blah, 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 whatever. Um, I really enjoy Arkham horror. I have all of it. I have everything that's ever been made for it. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's very stressful and it's, 
if you like Cthulhu type stuff, I mean, it's not just Call of Cthulhu. There's also like Dunwich Horror and I mean, or whatever that short story is called that I can't remember right now. Um, it's got a lot of replayability. There's a bunch of different monsters that you have to defeat. You have to go around town, fight off monsters, close portals, go to different realms, make sure there's no monsters there, collect clues, find out information about this horrific monster that's invading the town, fight the horrific monster. It's a very well-designed thematic game that's also very difficult. So if you like Cthulhu stuff, I 100% recommend it. Uh, 100% recommend buying 100% of all of it, which is what I've done. Just don't try to play more than one expansion at a time. To be fair, you buy 100% of all of a lot of things. That's true. Um, Not every game, but if I really like a game a whole lot, I will uh, collect all of it that's ever been made. But not every game. Hmm. You do have a lot of games, though. Uh, another game that I have all of is The Legends of Andor. Andor, whatever you want to call it. We just talked We've about, talked about game, that a lot. About how we can't beat the first, first <laughs> quest. I'm sure we're doing something wrong. Um, we're not going to talk about it too much, but it's a cooperative. Although I did just ask a friend, my friend Kenny recently about yeah. it, who is um, a technical rules writer. Yes. And I asked him about it and he said that it sounds like we are playing correctly. Good. And that the first mission is extremely difficult and that he has beaten it before, but it is really hard. So it is quite possible that we are playing it correctly and that we just suck. I don't know. I don't know. Um, If you've never heard of Andor before, Andor, whatever, uh, we've talked about it a few times. Uh, If you want to go to our website and click on the... the, Games We Don't Grok? I think it's on that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, In this episode's episode notes, there's going to be a list of tags that will take you to every Um, episode that we've talked about. Episode 35. I haven't... uh, uh, Confession time. I haven't fully gone back through every episode and fixed all the episode links, but I will eventually get around to that. Um, but yeah, Andor it's a cooperative, like high fantasy sort of role-playing game in a box, but not really. It's a dudes on a map. I, I don't know. It's a lot of things and incredibly difficult is one of them. Similarly, the Dungeons and Dragons adventure series board games are also, are you looking around? Do you have one of those? No. I have Pathfinder. Oh, uh, you have, have the, the Pathfinder card game, yeah. yeah. Um, so the D&D ones, there's like Wrath of a Shardalon, Castle Ravenloft, um, <laughs> Legend of Dritz, uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, oh. Tomb of Annihilation. I've played the Temple of Elemental Evil, like the actual like game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, or the, the, like, the, the actual module. Super yeah. hard. Let's see. There's There's another one coming out sometime this year. They are expandable with the dungeon command boxes. Um, essentially what it is, it's the combat system from Dungeons and Dragons 4th edition turned into a board game, which honestly is a way better Dungeons and Dragons experience than 4th edition is. Look, I, I love d and I love 4th edition for what it is, which is a tabletop miniatures game with some light role playing added in. That is probably why I never could get into D&D. Fifth edition is way better. You've played fifth edition. It's a way a better system than, than fourth edition. To be fair, I had a really bad dungeon master. To be fair, he was just incredibly lazy and overworked and was um, just showing up and winging it. Disclosure, it was Jared. Yes, because I was being at that time, I was working like 60 hours a week. And I had to also prep for this D&D game. And I was just really calling it in at that point. I was real over it. Um, but but yeah, there's um, there's like six of them. And I think they want to do a new one every year. Um, and that's the the Dungeons and Dragons Adventure Series. Sorry, Adventure System Series, which I'm, I think I left out the word system when I said it earlier. You did. You just had adventure series. Yes. But I mean, it makes sense. I, I'm sure people would have figured out what you Yeah, meant. yeah. Um, the games can all be combined and expanded. They're all compatible. All the heroes, all the monsters, all the treasures, everything is fully compatible. You can mix in 
extra monsters from Dungeons and Dragons fourth edition. Um, so one of the benefits of this is you don't need a dungeon master because the monsters all have rules for how they work. So you don't have to have someone that's dedicated to being the dungeon master. You can just be like, all right, well, let's show up and play. I want to be dritzed. So they're really nice and they're, um, there's premium editions for some of them that are pre-painted and they're very nice looking. They're a little bit more expensive, but they, um, you can, you can get them down to, I don't know, probably 40% discount if you look in the right places. So they're maybe, maybe worth looking into if you're not into painting yourself. Um, you can also house rule in all of the dungeon tiles for the, for the fourth edition system. If you want to start making your own, uh, making your own adventures and stuff. But at that point, you might as well just kind of play real D and D in my opinion. Right. If you're starting to house rule in uh, other monsters and stuff, you might as well just play real D and D. That's, that's my opinion. John D is taking a selfie because she has a cat on her shoulder right now. You've played the captain is dead a whole lot, right? You really like that one. I've only played it the one time. Oh, just once. Okay. Um, I we played it at, the other extra life yes. event. That's the only time I thought you'd played it before. No, and I was oh. really pissed because you won it. Well, it and is so in our board you, game library I'm, now. Yeah, so I was, I was irritated. Yeah, well, maybe you should have. Uh... I put a bunch of extra tickets in it. <laughs> to be fair, all those extra tickets went to charity, so it's not like you were wasting your money. I mean, we were, we were giving money yes, to charity. We were giving money to Riley children's hospital for the kids play games, save kids, whatever, whatever the f- hashtag for the kids. Um, we might have more information about extra life later. We'll see what happens. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, what, what, what is the captain is dead? John D. Um, it's a, it... do you know the tagline? Oh, it's your geez. favorite. It's an episode of your favorite science fiction show where everything has gone wrong and the captain is dead. It's something like that. It's Star Trek. That's it's not Star 100% Trek. It's 100% Star Trek. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's. Let me let me look it up on BGG to find out what the. I mean, it's it. I mean, you're you're pl- you're a bunch of. You're a crew on a ship and there's no captain and you're trying to. Okay, here we go. Imagine that you are one of the crew in your favorite science fiction TV show. Now it's imagine, Star Trek. yeah. Now imagine that in the last ten minutes of the show, things have gone so badly that the captain is dead, and you and the surviving members of your crew have to pull together to save the day yourselves. The captain is dead is a co-op game for two to seven players. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's really stressful because there's. You've got this huge starship full of systems like you've got a teleporter, you've got um, you've got weapon station, you've got shields, um, but aliens are attacking and the captain is dead. There's no leadership. So you have to um, use your crew's special abilities to kind of move around and do what you're like. If you're the weapons officer, obviously you you want to try to get the weapon system back online. If you're, I don't remember all the but roles, but you can't but, only focus on your right, thing because there's right. all these other things that are going wrong. And like, you know, if the transport system goes down, then nobody can get anywhere yes. and see so if to get that fixed. But then, you know, other things are going wrong and see so you're constantly trying to fix things, but then aliens are attacking and, and, you know, you have to like mitigate the aliens and it, it's really, it's really a fun game, but it's really hard. Um, when we played it, we did not win. That's true. A lot of co-op games work out like that. that. You're true. like, I played this fun co-op game. We didn't win. It was originally published by a game crafter, but a few, maybe last year, two years ago, um, AEG picked it up. So there are two versions out there. Um, I have the, the just the base game from the AEG version that I, is in our, our board game library that I got at the Extra Life. And then I have the original printing. Um, they are different. The art's different. But mechanically, they play the same. So if, you know, you're doing a trade and you happen to find a copy of the first edition, it's just as good of a game. The components are slightly different. It is very stressful. <laughs> it's fun, though. It's you a know, very I stressful like game. A very common. I'm finding a very common theme when talking about co-op games is we played this co-op game. We didn't win. We played this co-op yeah. game. We didn't win. <laughs> 
Well, okay, let's talk about one of your other favorite games, London Dread. Oh, gosh, it's such a fun game. It's another programming game. Yes. So um, you're trying to solve... You work for, like, Scotland Yard or something, right? Yeah, so it's 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 both a programming game and it's also a campaign-style game. So there's actually a series. I've never gotten past the first... <laughs> yeah the first story in it because I refuse to move on until I've beat the first story and I've played through the first story like three times and I haven't beat it yet. So three or four times. Um, so I apparently really stink. I've gotten through to the very last thing, but the very last thing, um, we've always gone insane. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, so you're trying to solve, uh, like basically you're, you, uh, you like work for, you're working together like Scotland Yard or something like that and solving like weird things. It's it's not really like a crime so much as it is like pagan, weird, ritualistic, yeah. like craziness and um, trying to keep yourself from going insane from like whatever this pagan ritual is that's going on at the end of it. You only and have so many hours in the. There's a clock and there's, you have to do yeah, specific your, your things. Your player piece is a clock. And so you're programming like where you're going to go at what time. And then once that's done, you do the resolution phase and you might find out, oh, crap. Yeah, because like I during. I should not have done that. Right, because you're programming at the beginning, like you're talking to their players and you'll be like, oh, I'll go with this. I'll go to this place at this time and this place at this time. And you want to mitigate. You don't want to try to go too many places because if you uncover too many crimes all at the same time. You don't want to uncover too many or not enough. Like you, it's kind of, if you, if you don't, if you uncover too many, then it might really screw you. But if you uncover not enough, then you might not get enough information. You might not get enough stuff to help you at the very end of the game. Yeah, it's So it's, it's really, uh, we've never won. It's, it's kind of a push your <laughs> luck programming. It's really, it's really a fun game. Um, the art's really great. They've done a really great job of of storytelling with the game. Um, I highly recommend it. It's from Gray Fox Games. Yep. And um, yeah, definitely, just definitely grab the game. All right. You want to talk about Origins Awards? Yes. So, so Origins yes, the is... The nominees are available now. Yes. And the Origins Awards is literally... It's the Academy of Adventure Gaming Arts and Design, aka the Origins Awards. Yes, and the Origins is literally next week. Yep. Uh. So for board games, there are 11 nominees. Um, the Captain is Dead from AEG. Which we just talked about. Well, yes, which we literally just talked about. So, um, Yep, that's how we feel about that. Yep. Um, Dice Forge. Um, I haven't played it, so. Gloomhaven, which technically could maybe have fit in this episode, but again, it's one of those... Someone else is kind of doing something, so maybe not. Yeah. Um, that Simon Godfather game that Eric Lang designed that everybody was really excited about. And then nobody talked nobody's about talking about it. So yeah. I don't know what that's about. Um, Great Western Trail, which is. That game picked up a lot of steam and yeah. it's kept its steam. Yeah. It's just. By all rights, a fantastic game. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo the Magnificent, a.k.a. Lorenzo Magnifico by Simon that I. I haven't played it. I've heard people talk about I it. I have too, but um, near and far, which we both we know how we much I really love it. that. Um, that one is my pick, but I, it probably won't win up against yeah. Gloomhaven, yeah. sadly. But uh, I love it, and yeah, I love right. and I love Ryan Lockett, so I would love to see him get a win. Um, Pandemic Legacy Season Two. Well, you know that got a special award. Yeah, for, it did for Essen. Um, Raiders of the North Sea. Which uh, is another one of those games where I love and have got everything for it. Um, Talk, which is it's it's an abstract game. And if you're into abstract games, you're also going to love Santorini, which is also on this which list. Which is also on the list. I feel like for me, I think it's going to come down between Near and Far and Gloomhaven. I, I could honestly see. I see Pandemic Legacy getting at least. Uh, maybe not the win. But a special award. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think Near and Far is going to get the award, and I think Gloomhaven is going to get the um, the one that the that the attendees vote for. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's going to happen. Which one? You think Pandemic's going to get the? 
No, I think Gloomhaven will get the one that the attendees okay, vote yeah, for. Yeah, 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 I think yeah, Nair and Far yeah. will get the one the Academy votes okay, for. Okay. Um, well, we will see. I could be completely off base. The winners will be announced June sixteenth. Yep. And maybe we will be there live tweeting about I it. I probably see. will not because Mayday um, sponsors another event that same uh, night. Okay. So. Well, there are 10 nominees for card games as well. Let's just really quickly go through these. Five Minute Dungeon. I love that game. They just Great had a game. Kickstarter just ended for the new expansion. Um, Eon's End, which I have not played, but one of my friends really likes. I'm just not into that kind of card game. Um, if you are, that's great. Custom Heroes. I really like that one. Jondi has no memory of playing it, even though she's played it with us. Wait. It's the one that has the clear cards and you have to sleeve up the, you put different attacks on it. We played it at Tricon. Again, oh, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, okay. Now she remembers. I remember now. Um, Ex Libris, a game about the uh, library. The library. Yes. Um, the Fox in the Forest. That is a really interesting game. As far as I know, it has sold out at every show that they've had it at. Yes. Super popular. Hero Realms, which is sort of a reskin of Star Realms, which is a Magic the Gathering style How game. How many times do I get reskin the same oh, game? A lot. Uh, Honshu, which is another game by Renegade. Renegade has a lot quite of a few games oh, on here. Jeez. Um, Jump Drive, which is set in the same universe as um, Star Realms. No, not Star Realm. Sorry. Um, oh, gosh. Race for the Galaxy. Sorry, I completely blanked oh, on that. Um, okay. It's set in the same universe setting and stuff, but it's a different game. It's a totally different game. Lost Expedition, which I'm going to be honest, I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about it at all. I'm, I'm sorry if you really like that game. Feel free to angry tweet at us. Uh, I just don't know anything about it. And One Deck Dungeon, which is a game I keep putting off buying. But I really want it. I want it, but I want the original, like I know, the Kickstarter all version. The, yeah. yeah, I know. I don't want like the. That's why I keep putting cool it off. Version. I keep hoping like maybe they'll do a Kickstarter that has like. The and I'm sure that they've stuff. done it. I'm sure that they've, they've done, done it. a second one, and I didn't get it the second time either. I, th- I believe <laughs> um, that game is also available on Steam if you want to try it digitally. Um, I've heard that it's one of the best digital adaptations of a card game. Huh. Well, now I want to go try yeah. that. Very cool. Um, the I'm, collectible card games. John D and I don't play collectible card it's games. It's all the same games that are nominated every card single Fight year. Card Vanguard. The this isn't a collectible card game, is it? The D and D miniatures. That's not a card game. Um, well, I think Dungeons it's and Dragons a, miniatures, Icons of the Realm, Monster Menagerie Two. That's not a card game. I think it's a collectible. Okay, well, whatever. this is collectible games. Whatever. Um, it's a collectible DC, game. Batman, Dice Masters, um, Dragon Ball Super. Final Fantasy, TCG, yeah, because Hero, Hero Clicks Clicks, is in here. These are just collectible Magic games. Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Desti- Star Wars Destiny. You know what? Star Wars Destiny is going to get this. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, family games. Let's just yeah. real. I'm just going to read the titles of these. Um, Azul, Bunny Kingdoms, Codenames Disney, Codenames Duet, Downforce, Drop Mix, Hot Shots, Mountains of Madness, Sagrada, and Viral. I think we don't need to think about would, this. I'd it's like either going to be Azul. It's, yeah, it's either going to be Sagrada or Azul. Okay, I would um, like to see Sagrada get it. I would really like to see. Daryl Andrews has designed a fantastic game yeah. here. I'd like to see Floodgate as a smaller company take this. Um, I'd really like to see Sagrada get this. I mean, I, I can't really predict. It's hard to predict things like this, but I would really like to see Sagrada yes, get the win. Yes, yes. Um, and honestly, that, that's probably as much as Johnny and I are qualified to talk about because there's next we got miniatures, role playing games, role playing supplements and, and game, accessories. game accessories. And and sometimes I'm into game accessories, but I don't know anything about yeah. other, other than the I, broken token, the broken terraforming, token, terraforming Mars. Mars. Mm-hmm. But I didn't buy the terraforming Mars one. I went with I, I went back and forth between yes, terraforming yes, Mars yes, yes, and yes. another company. I went with the Daedalus. Yes. Um, so anyway, we'll have a link to all of those things if you want to check them out if you are going to origins you can vote there's an attendee nominee game what 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 am i trying to say if you attend origins you you can vote they they encourage and i encourage you if you go to origins i i highly because they want they they so the academy there are two different awards given in each of these there's the award that the that the uh the the board votes for yeah that you know there's professionals. an award yeah so all the professionals in the industry that are on this board or what that the origins academy or yeah. whatever votes for and those are the origins but then 
all of the attendees, the fan, like there's fan favorites for each of the. Yes. So your vote does matter. So your vote, because so, so each of these, um, each of these categories, there'll be a fan favorite award. And so all of the attendees will vote for each of these categories and you can actually go. And if you haven't played all the games, they actually have all the games available and you can go and play them. Yes, you can play them in the boardroom and play them in the boardroom and check them all out and look at them or just look at the contents and see, see how good they are. So if you go to origins, I highly, highly encourage you to go and vote because your vote matters. And you know, the game companies really, it means a lot to them to get these awards. So, yep. so please do if you're going. All right, Johnny, recipe. So the recipe, since we are talking about co-op games, I thought about. Wait, no, no, we're talking about chicken coop games. We're what? talking about chicken coop games. <laughs> anyway, ignore that. Since we're talking about co-op games, I thought about the old folk story, Stone Soup, which if you're not familiar with it, it's where um, hungry strangers convince people of the town to each share a small amount of their food in order to make a, a meal that everybody in the town Enjoys together. Now, John D., how can a folktale be a recipe? Well, it's I'm glad you asked. <laughs> glad you asked. It's just a recipe because stone soup, actually, you could just encourage all of your friends to bring a different ingredient for the soup. Or you could just have a recipe. It's just a nice soup that has like chicken and vegetables. Yeah, and it's stuff. just a bunch of. It's just a, a, a soup. It's just a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, it's a recipe for stone soup because I thought that the story of stone soup reminded me of a co-op type thing. So it's a recipe for stone yeah. soup. Well, looks pretty good. It's okay. something that Jared would maybe eat. Mm, maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right. So this Kickstarter that we're going to talk about, John D and I are both, I think, pretty excited about. Yes. Um, <clears throat> vast, the mysterious manner. It is the second in the series. So previously released vast, Vast the Crystal Caverns. Um, parts of this game are compatible. I'm not sure in what capacity they are compatible. Uh, it might just be that you swap out, like instead of having the knight that comes with this game, you can use the knight that came with the other game or something. I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly how the, without reading the rule book that I don't have access to currently. I'm not sure how those are going to be compatible. Um, But this time, instead of being in a cave, you are in a manor. (laughs) That's why it's called Mysterious Manor. Um, So the roles, you've got a paladin whose goal is to slay the spider. You've got skeletons whose goal is to defeat the paladin. You've got a spider whose goal is to escape the manor. And you've got the manor whose goal is to um, trap everyone. Okay. Um, I think it sounds really fun. There's also an enchanter whose goal is to beguile the others. I'm not sure exactly mechanically what you're doing here. Um, Lead the gullible into entering passageways filled with your traps. Entice the weak to empower or limit them. Claim the minds of your opponents forever. Well, anyway. It sounds, um, I mean, vast is already a great game. Yes. So, um, anything that's vast at this point is going to be, I think a great game to add to your collection. So they've already unlocked a bunch of stretch goals. Uh, there's a, a new skeleton. There's more miniatures. There's the knight from the first game. Uh, there's more minis, a new skeleton, sort of, more minis, another new skeleton, more minis, another blah, blah, blah. You get it. Um, <clears throat> this game is definitely worth taking a look at. We both really like the first game. And you get um, with this, like with the ba- the base, the base pledge is $75. You get which might seem a little high, but look at everything you, that get, you get a lot. So you get vast and mysterious manner. You also get vast the creepy corridors, which is quote it's free for backers. It's not yeah, it's like a little mini expansion. They're not charging you it, extra. It's for essentially that. the Kickstarter exclusive stuff. Yeah, and you're gonna get, which is which that's basically all the all the extra stretch goals, the exclusive stuff. You're getting um, standees, which are just the, basically put those in the trash the immediately. Stuff. Because no, don't put them in the trash. Yeah, it's it's all the stuff that people are gonna get retail. Yeah, but then because you're the Kickstarter backer, you're gonna get. The miniatures, which are just 
you know, I like I like having them in nature. They're they're just kind of an extra. The minis cool are really they're nice. Minis. They're really nice. I think the original Kickstarter had it had standees and wooden components. I think so. And then, I think so I have I, like a wooden dragon. Yeah, you do. And I, I don't know that those were in the retail box. I don't actually know because I don't have the retail version. So, um, but yes, the, the minis are very nice. They're super nice. At least the ones in crystal cabins are, I, I assume he's using the same manufacturer and artists and stuff. So yeah, I mean, they've yeah. already unlocked a ton of stuff though, but yeah, we'll have a link to this in the episode notes as well yeah. as usual. Yep. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, you should definitely take a look at it. Yep, but uh, anyway, so we're going to be traveling to Origins next week. Yes. And uh, other than that, until next time. Yeah, I guess uh, until next time, you can eat, eat chit, chit, and, and dice. dice. <laughs> this is the stupidest. Because it was co op. <laughs> Eat Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license, attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.